Oh, that was good. Thank you. Connie, thank you, Marilee. Thank you, Mike, for putting that together. Great lesson on the Holy Spirit. And good morning, church. This is a community Sunday. So every time we have a month with five Sundays, we gather the whole community. So the kids and the youth get to worship with us together at the same time. So you might hear little noises that you don't normally hear during the sermon time. And that's okay. That's a reminder that we're a community, that we're family. It grows us, right? It, it stretches us, maybe. It le- we learn how to, to walk together and to be flexible and to accommodate. So welcome, everybody, to the church today. If you're a child here and you want to fill out the stuff during the sermon, we have a child packet for you that you might have gotten on the way in. If you didn't get that, raise your hand, and Connie will get that to you, and you can take notes or draw during the service that it we're going through. So this is our final week on the Holy Spirit. Last week was Pentecost, and we, we had a great reminder of the tongues of fire that, that came down on the people of God and creating, you know, the church, really. Sometimes Pentecost is called the birthday of the church. And we've been walking through these different concepts on how do we access the Holy Spirit. We first talked about pause. Pastor Brenda was talking about the waiting that the disciples were doing, that they were waiting because Jesus had promised the Holy Spirit. And so they waited for the Holy Spirit. We saw last week this posture of receiving the Holy Spirit, that we can have this humility, that we can prepare for the Holy Spirit, like putting the sailboat into the water, doing our part to catch that wind. We've talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. And today I decided to, to not use peas. Um, I was tempted, but I think discerning and filling are better words than the P words that I had. So Pastor Brennan and I have both talked about being nudged by the Spirit. And you might be thinking, how do you know it's the Holy Spirit and not your own conscience or something spicy you ate the night before? How do we discern the Holy Spirit? So that's what we're going to unpack today. Now, we have some readers for our scripture today. I think we've got Lisa Bartek and I'm not sure how many kids, if they're all coming up. Um, So let's welcome... Lisa Bartek and family to read today's scripture. The scripture will be on the screen. It'll also be in your bulletin. All right, we're getting the whole family. And Pastor Brenda will have a microphone for you. (laughs) But not all can read. That's okay. Today's scripture is from John chapter 10, verses 1 to 5. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the way of, by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the gate. The gatekeeper. Opens the gate for him, and the sheep listens to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, 
because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will they will run away from him. Because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. All right. Thank you, Leah, Brock, Emma, and Zusa. Good job. All right, I love this story. You know, Jesus is telling his disciples and teaching his disciples with this analogy of sheep and a shepherd. We probably don't have either, most of us. We're not sheep and we haven't been a shepherd. But God uses this to unpack how we can hear him and his voice. So let's pray. God, I thank you for this time where we get to gather the whole community today and be together and waiting upon you, God. And so we invite you to speak into our hearts today. Allow the words of Scripture to go deep into our heart and use them, God, to bring us closer to yourself. In your name, amen. So Jesus here refers to himself as the shepherd, and he is the one who is coming into the pen, talking to the sheep, calling them by name, and actually leading them out of the pen. Now, the sheep have some responsibility here. First, the sheep have to actually be listening, right? And the sheep have to recognize the voice of the shepherd, and then they have to follow. Kind of three steps there. Um, A couple weeks ago, I think it was Pearl who sent this video around of people trying to call sheep that weren't the shepherd. It's a great clip if you look it up on YouTube. So, there are about two or three people that are not the shepherd of the sheep, and they're calling out to the sheep. They're using the same language, actually, that the shepherd was using, and the sheep are not responding. Finally, the shepherd calls out, and all the sheep come running. Like, this actually happens, right? And so I love this analogy because we can attune our ears to hear and to hear Jesus through his Holy Spirit. So, so what does that look like? My sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. What are some of the ways we get to know the shepherd's voice? Just call it out. What are some ways we get to know the shepherd's voice? Read the word. word. Uh Uh-huh. What else? Prayer. Yeah. What about coming here today? What are we doing? Yeah, read the Bible and we're worshiping. Right? These are all ways that we get to hear God's voice in community and life group. We, we get to attune ourselves. So the first step is actually getting to know the shepherd. Who is Jesus? So if we hear his voice, we know that voice lines up with who Jesus is. We have to spend time with Christ in prayer, in meditation, in solitude, in, in the word, because that allows us to begin to hear who he is, because the Spirit reflects Christ. The Holy Spirit reflects Christ. Christ's presence is brought to us with the Holy Spirit. And like we've said, we get to know who Jesus is also by the Word, digging into Scripture, because the Spirit will be consistent with Scripture. So we have to have a good understanding of the Word. Now, this doesn't mean we proof text, right, where we have an idea of something and we look for it in the Bible to, to prove it. 
right? You're thinking, I want to pursue money. I want to pursue wealth. And I turn to Philippians 3. God will richly provide for you. Yes, God must want me to do that. No. So we have to have a context for Scripture. Who, who is God in Scripture? What are the major themes in Scripture? So as we're discerning, we know that it's consistent with his character, with his love, with his grace, with his mission, and with his heart. So if we have questions, should I take this job or not? And we go into Scripture, and it's not going to say take this job or don't take this job, right? But can you honor God with this job? Can you do this job with integrity? Can you honor the commitments that you have to those you're in relationship? Are you able to be fully present to your family while you take upon that job? Or you ask yourself, should I pursue this relationship with this person? Well, will this relationship draw you closer to Christ or will it take you further away from Christ? Should I serve in this ministry? I hear them talking about needing musicians and Sunday school teachers. Well, if you're serving in five areas already, I could probably say no. <laughs> You've already doing too much, right? But if you're not serving, maybe God is saying, yeah, you have gifts to build up the body. We're all in this together. And so you can bring that question to God. So we discern by knowing the shepherd, by knowing his word, but we also have to filter out the noise because we might have a lot of ideas in our head. We might get a lot of ideas from those around us. So how do we help to filter the noise? A few things here I want us to look at. The other voices and then the voice of the Holy Spirit. The other voice might be critiques. You might have your own inner critic in your head, right? You're not good enough. You should have done better. That's never going to work. And, and maybe this was the voice of your parent growing up, and now it's become your own voice. That's not the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus in this passage says that he calls you by name. He knows who you are. He knows that you are made in the image of God. You are his beloved, other voices, or the voice of the evil one, might condemn you. And Jesus tells us that he didn't come to condemn, right? Now, his Holy Spirit can convict if you've messed up, if you've hurt somebody, if you're walking in a way that takes you further from Christ, if you're oppressing somebody, the Spirit will nudge you. There'll be an inconsistency there. You, you shouldn't have a peace about living that way, but conviction is different than condemnation. It's it's a, it's a draw to come back to Christ, to, to repent, to forgive. Other voices might bring confusion. There might be chaos, but, but Jesus and his spirit centers us. It brings peace. It can bring a stillness. Jesus says in this passage that he lays down his life for the sheep. It's a generous word. It's a self-giving word. Other C's we could add to that. We can confirm if it's the Holy Spirit or not. We can check it out in community as I was seeking um, whether I was called into this role or not as senior pastor. I really had to get to a place where I could hold up and say, God, whatever you say, yes or no, that's what I will do and that's what I'll follow. And as I began to hear God nudging me to the role I had to confirm that with people around me. What are you hearing God say, right? We don't live on an island. We don't live isolated. We invite people in that know us well to help confirm those things for us. In Ephesians, Paul writes that we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
I love what Dallas Willard says about this. He says, you can't take a shower one drop at a time, right? You need the whole faucet on, and it's the same with the Holy Spirit. As believers, we all have the Spirit, but we can be filled with the Spirit. We can be empowered by the Spirit. It can bring transformation into our lives. So, so how, how are we to be filled? One, we ask. We can ask. Marilee mentioned the passage in Luke, and I want to take us to that passage now. In Luke 11, 11 to 13, it says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You can ask the Holy Spirit regularly, daily. You can ask Jesus to send his Spirit. We are encouraged to ask. God invites us to ask. Eric and I were having one argument, um, discussion, about five years ago, and I don't know if you remember this argument, but we were going around in circles. I can't actually remember the content of the argument itself, um, but I paused, and I don't always do this, but should, and I said, you know, God, just speak to me in your spirit right now. What do I need to hear? And um, the spirit usually just nudges my heart, but he gave me a phrase. He says, tell Erica that she's wrong and you're right. No. <laughs> I was hoping for that, right? That's not what the Spirit said. Um, I would have loved it. Uh, She might not have believed it. But what the Spirit said was, tell Erica that you see her. And I was like, what an odd thing. Like, that wasn't on my mind. And yet, that was my heart. And it allowed us to walk through it differently. You can ask for the Holy Spirit in so many different occasions. Before every worship service, every Sunday, we gather here, everybody who's involved in the service, right here around 9 o'clock, and we pray. We don't pray to sing great or to preach great or to do everything perfectly. We pray for the Holy Spirit, that it's not just songs we're singing or words we're saying, but that we'll actually encounter Christ's presence here in this place and that his Spirit will be at work in us doing what we cannot do bringing transformation to our hearts, to our lives, to our minds. There's a dependency there. When we ask, we recognize that we need something beyond ourselves. So we can ask for the Holy Spirit. We're also filled by emptying ourselves, Coming to God with open hands and wanting to receive. If our hands are full of other stuff, we don't have space for God, Right? We hear this truth in John 3, 30. It says, he must become greater. I must become less. Is that our heart? Is it easier to pray, God, help me to become greater, and may your spirit help me to become even greater? We might not ever use those words, but is that our heart's intention? Help me to be more of who I am, right? But here we see this, humble posture, because there's such a desire for Christ and his spirit. Let Christ become greater so I can become less. Let me create space for Christ in my life so we can empty ourselves with those things that are not consistent with God's character. Those things that are not consistent with who God is clog up the pipe, if you will, which is what this is here, this tube. And 
water is not able to flow freely through there because of all these things, right? All these blockages, these things that we cling to, that we want more than the Spirit. They block the flow of God into our lives, and so we need to be able to let go of those things. Maybe it's ambition. You're striving for self. You're striving for more of you. Instead, God wants to give you a spirit of contentedness, a spirit of joy, a spirit of peace. Maybe bitterness is consuming you, and you're holding on to that, and it's eating you up and darkening your heart. God wants to replace the heart of stone with a soft heart with his love and his forgiveness. That's how he wants to flow in you. Maybe you're living for self and for your timing. And God wants to come in and say, set down your life, set down your agenda, and then pick up true life. Follow me. Follow my timing. Be willing to wait with me. Maybe it's material things that we're clinging to that's blocking God's spirit. We want more of this and more of that. And God is saying, be content. Be content with who I am. Love others as I love you with a spirit of generosity. And sometimes while we do that, the work between us and the Holy Spirit, we can take stuff out, right? Between the Holy Spirit and us and we can unclog these things. But sometimes it requires a deeper work. About a month ago, our kitchen pipes were clogged because I would pour the coffee grounds down. I, didn't, I thought they would just go out. But they didn't. They clogged. And I took out the pipes underneath and I, I cleared it up and it worked for about a day. But the clog was further than I could reach. So we had to call a plumber Sometimes we have things in our lives that are beyond what we can get to. So we need help. And maybe that's a pastor. Maybe that's a counselor. Maybe that's sharing in your life group. Allow that work along with the Holy Spirit to go deeper to take those clogs out because God wants his spirit to flow in and through you, friends. He wants to clear out those blocks in our lives. God wants you to be filled with his spirit. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are here in our midst, and I thank you that we get to, to gather the whole community today. And may we encounter you, God, in communion, in worship, in wherever we're heading after this. God, may we be looking to encounter your spirit. God, may we have a spirit of asking you to come in, and may we be able to empty ourselves of anything that's not of you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.